I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson, live from Washington, D.C., at the open house of the Temple of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Well, we continue to mourn the passing of a titan of the United States Senate. Uh, former Utah Senator Orrin G. Hatch passed away over the weekend. And uh, we're very pleased to have joining us uh, today Matt Sangren, of course, who heads the Orrin G. Hatch Foundation, who has and who will continue to carry that legacy forward as a, as a bright light and as a beacon uh, of freedom and liberty in so many ways. Matt, thank you for joining us and uh, our condolences to you, the staff, the team, uh, and of course, the Hatch family. Thank you, Boyd. It's, it's good to hear your voice, and it has been. As you can tell, I've got a little congestion here. It's, it's been a rough past couple of days, but it's, um, it's been a, not only a bittersweet moment as we, we think about all the, the wonderful things that we've, the time that we've had to spend with Senator Hatch. It's, you know, we always know, you know, this Boyd as a, a former health staff where we, we work with these great men and women and they, they're not immortal. And so one day it does end and unfortunately did end for Senator Hatch on Saturday. But you're right, the, the legacy of Orangey Hatch will continue to live through his foundation. That was one of the primary reasons for the establishment of the Orangey Hatch Foundation. It's for the moment just like this that we can continue to push not only the bipartisan solutions, civility, and everything else that's good with our programs. So I really do appreciate you bringing me on your show today. Uh, well, it's a uh, it is a time of great reflection. I've been saying throughout the day. One of my favorite things was watching Senator Hatch as President Pro Tem uh, bring the Senate into session with all the things that he loved, with uh, pledge of allegiance, the floor of the Senate, his faith in God. Uh, and one of the things I wanted to get to with you today, Matt, is so often when we talk about yeah. uh, these kinds of individuals, we often introduce them or we talk about them uh, through their resume, through their lists of accomplishments yeah. and titles yeah. and degrees. And, and I want to I flip the switch on that today because I, I think uh, it's better to, to remember someone by their principles. Uh, and so uh, start us off with one. What is one of those core principles that everybody should think about when they think about Senator Hatch? One of the things that I think about Senator Hatch and his principles, uh, it's really just hard work and remembering everyone, not just the, the important person that enters the room, but he cared about everyone, regardless of title, regardless of the position that they may hold. I, I mentioned in my op-ed in the, the Wall Street Journal that event today or yesterday, Senator Hatch was more the most comfortable in places like Costco, in places like Chuckarama, Crown Burger, because that's actually where he got to connect with the most average, everyday individual. And for him as a one who represented Utah, all of Utahns, 
that's really what, where he was able to rub shoulders. I have to tell you, you know, you can you can appreciate this on the way to a vote on the, to the Senate or on the way to catch a flight. We were always running late trying to get somewhere because he would not stop talking. You go to Chuck Arama, he couldn't get his food on his plate because people would come and want to take pictures with him or sit down and he would welcome them to his table. Costco, he would he'd be known not only to go to get his you know hot dogs or his signature uh, dress shirts there, but really, I think he enjoyed going to the uh, free sample booths. I mean, we would go from one to the next to the next because he he he's one of those he really just liked liked free stuff, of course, but he really <laughs> liked to to be with everyone. Uh, I love that, uh, and and we all feel a little better at, at Crown Burger for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say like it was during those exchanges, like in the free sample booths. That's where he was meeting with a, a veteran who was sharing his story about some of the, the difficulties he was facing with health care. And that's where the casework was happening, right then and there, where he would have signed it right away. Hey, Matt, let's get on this. Let's help him. That's, that was what was so powerful about retail politics, where he was working with everyone. He was everyone's friend. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, you, you worked so closely with him on, uh, I think, a principle that he... Uh, embodied in so many ways, uh, and obviously his time on the Judiciary Committee and, and yes. influence. I don't, there just will not be anyone who will ever have a significant uh, impact on the judiciary as Senator Hatch did. But I think the principle that I think of when it comes to Senator Hatch in that space is, is that he loved two things uh, and proved that they were compatible, and that is that he yeah. loved the rule of law uh, and he loved compassion. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he, he proved that over and over again. I, uh, I, I, you, you hit it right on the head, Boyd. The rule of law, I mean, for him, he served as a chairman of three committees, um, the uh, Health Committee, Health, Education, Labor, Pensions. He was on the Finance Committee as chair and obviously Judiciary. But his real comfort food was the Judiciary Committee. That's really where he, he really thrived. He was the ranking member and the chairman. That's really, he's a lawyer, he's a prosecutor, you know, he served for so long in the law. And so when he would come into that committee hearing room, he would always just feel so welcome there. And it was his place where he really thrived. I remember there was a time when, I shared this on your show a little while ago, that on our last Supreme Court nomination um, hearing for Brett Kavanaugh, I just remember walking into that hearing room. And there was that, you know, sea of everyone, the, the, the photographers, the press, and, and all those who were in attendance. This was obviously pre-COVID. Um, and he just said under his breath to me, like, I really, I love this. Not the glamour of the press, but the process. Process. That he knew what it was all about. He knew what they were about to embark on as the United States Senate, the Judiciary Committee, to begin that very important um, process of going through the, the nominating process and the hearing process and ultimately the confirmation process of the Supreme Court justice. So it was, yeah. I just remember that. That's great. And what's one thing that, uh, that might surprise most people about uh, Senator Hatch? What's a, a principle or a, a, something that he was passionate about? Uh, that might have been a little surprising to some. 
That's kind of hard to say what would surprise you. I, I think, I don't think it would surprise anyone that he would never, ever, ever give up. When it seems like it was the darkest, most impossible way, he, for whatever reason, continued to have optimism. I think of our, our good friend Josh Holt there in Utah, who was stuck in a Venezuelan prison for two years. And Senator Hatch worked with three secretary, secretaries of state from the Obama to the Trump administration. John Kerry, Rex Tillerson, Mike Pompeo, President Obama, President Trump would not stop. And in fact, we found ourselves one time on a phone call with President Maduro of Venezuela. He's a dictator. And here we have translation going on between Spanish and English. And Senator Hatch finally just became, he just said, listen, do what is right. You know this, Mr. President. You know it's not right to have him. Let him go. And he did. So that may not be surprising, but it was one of those things where he just rose up and just said, just do what is right. And that is really what always, always guided Senator Hatch to do what is right. It's fitting that you're up at the Washington, D.C. temple. That was his temple when he lived out there in Vienna. I often saw um, the senator and Elaine. They were regular uh, visitors of the temple regular visitors there in Utah, the temple, he always put God first, his country, his family, his family. You know, I have to say this and I'll stop, Boyd. I know I've talked a lot, but his family really is. His children have given so much. His wife, Elaine, have given, they've given everything. And it's just a tribute to them. I'm grateful for letting us have their father their husband for all these many years. It's been a great sacrifice. They've got a lot yeah. without him. So. Yeah, fantastic. Great insight and great uh, perspective and memories and such powerful principles lived uh, by a statesman, a United States senator, uh, and, and someone who uh, was not born in Utah but uh, became Utah uh, because he loved it and he loved serving the people there. Matt Sangren from the Orangey Hatch Foundation. Thanks so much for sharing your memories with us today. Thank you, Boyd. All right, we'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. And when we come back, my conversation with the ambassador from Argentina to the United States who just took a tour of the Temple of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints here in Washington, D.C., where we're broadcasting all week this week, Monday through Thursday on Inside Sources. Stay with us. Much more to come. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. 
Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.